Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for our five-part exploration of Nick Gallo and the 100 Book Challenge. We have selected jointly five books we're going to talk about. I picked two and Nick picked three. And we're going to take a little bit of time to visit about each one of those. So, Nick, first of all, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And I'm sorry I didn't mention it, but Nick is the Chief Servant Officer at Compliance Line. And first book is one of my all-time personal favorites, and I'll explain why. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I was really intrigued that you picked this book for a business project like you're doing. I read this probably the first time when I was 12. I had an occasion to read it again last year. Of course, um, it was very different, it had a very different effect on me. But I realized that this is a fabulous book for a business leader, for really anyone. Yeah. And so I wanted to get your thoughts. First of all, why did you choose this book? You know, there's all these books that you hear about. There's all these people you hear about, authors and writings and stuff like that. And I just wanted to, you know, again, if I'm reading 100 books in a year, then I should read some of these classics and I should read some of these things that are part of, you know, academia or part of these building blocks of, you know, whatever we live in now. So I just had a sort of a, a desire to kind of widen the scope of the types of things that I would look at kind of underneath that nonfiction umbrella. And this book was recommended to me by a mentor and board member for our company. And he found it to be a great book, as you did. I studied Latin in high school. And so I've always had a thing for ancient Rome, reading Cicero in high school and stuff like that. So it kind of felt like it was right up my alley. I was excited to kind of pick the brain of the philosopher king. So I read this book the first time, as I said, when I was 12. And I read it because of Star Trek. And Mr. Spock. I was heavily influenced by Mr. Spock. And someone suggested that he was based on Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism. Uh So I read it. And as a teenager, I really had no role model around how to act. And my father was very aloof. And so I needed, I was desperate to get, get something to understand all these changes that was going on inside me but also how I needed to react to that and how I could present myself to the outside world. And so meditations and particularly stoicism to me was a valuable lesson in philosophy to really guide my life by. So that was how I kind of took it as a teenager, as a much older person. When I read it the second time, it really reemphasized the need for logic, but really just a process, whatever you're thinking through, have a process for it. I remember. When uh, John Kennedy called Dwight Eisenhower to talk to him about the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, Eisenhower's question was, what was your process? Not what the result was, not what the answer was, not what do you want to hear, what, what was your process? And that was what I really got out of rereading it the second time. So with me now telling you what I thought, what did you yeah. find most intriguing or inspiring about this book for you? I think what you just said was very interesting that question and this thought that you have that really the focus on the process and not the outcome 
it's a superior way to kind of go through life to your point, because you can't many times affect the outcome, but you can't affect your adherence to the process, right? You can build a process and you can control how closely you adhere to that process. And you can get a feedback loop of learning on that process to say, well, is this the right process? I mean, many times, you know, again, in poker, for example, you'll make the right bet and lose the hand. Well, is that the right outcome or the wrong outcome? It's an unfortunate outcome, but it is the right outcome given proper adherence to the process. So I love that kind of takeaway. And that's something that I've saw in a couple of other things. I think it's very astute. So my main takeaways from this book, I just thought it was kind of interesting, right? The position that this guy was in, you know, he was the last of these five good emperors in the second century AD before the bad emperors came and uh, Rome sort of dissolved. And so if you think about the position that he was in at that time, granted there was peace and prosperity and so forth, but there were a lot of challenges. There were a lot of, you know, a lot of history that a lot of uh, giants he was standing on the shoulders of. I thought his approach and his ability to kind of articulate these challenges that come along with leadership, they really resonated with me. And the Stoic, right, what is Stoicism? Stoicism is about kind of viewing self-control and calmness as a way to overcome negative thoughts, emotions, or negative things that could sort of come into your life. So as he kind of dove into this Stoic approach to life, some of the same things kind of resonated with me, Tom. So the theory here, right, with Stoicism, please correct me if I'm off base or wrong, but the theory here is that Logos makes up everything. Logos is to reason. And it's everywhere. It makes everything up and it provides the order over the entire earth. So what this book is really about is sort of kind of continually going back to that quote unquote truth that everything is part of a deliberate order. As things go wrong, that's in pursuit of an improved order. Going back to that truth was a way for Marcus Aurelius to sort of rationalize, for lack of a better term, the challenges that he was facing and to kind of stick closer to the ideal that he was striving toward, which is someone who is, you know, not governed by revenge and sort of like all these emotions, but is rather governed by logic or a process or some rationality to sort through, you know, the animal spirits that sort of tend to kind of take us off course. Interesting you talked about him being the last of the five good emperors because I really don't think that really describes the position he was in when he wrote this. He was the most powerful human being on earth. He was the emperor of the Roman Empire. He could have anything he wanted, any time he wanted it, any way he wanted it. And I've often wondered, did he adopt this philosophy for some personal self-control? Mm. And because there's no position equivalent today on earth. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And he lived this. He lived this philosophy and to have that much power. And he did not create this philosophy. This was created by the ancient Greeks, but he did adopt it. And I also found that to be uh, quite inspirational. You know, when you frame it that way, because he wasn't just like a king, he wasn't just the president, he was like the guy on earth. And you're right. I think looking at it that way, there's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of personal issues that could come along with it, temptations all these things that can ultimately compromise your effectiveness or whatever. And I think I'm kind of digesting what you just said, and it kind of casts this entire book in kind of a different light for me, because to the extent that this wasn't just some novel kind of way to go through life, but it was something that he imposed on himself, like he put a bridle on himself to be more stoic. I mean, look, in retrospect, we can see kind of how it all panned out for him to be labeled that as one of the last good efforts. It must have done some good. It's an interesting thing to think that he did that to sort of govern himself better in the context of him, you know, having anything that, at his heart's desire, you know. And I've also read about 
Stoicism and the meditations being used in a very different way, which is or was by World War II prisoners of war, particularly those American or British in uh, Japanese war camps where they tended to be treated worse than they were in the West. But they use that to overcome sort of the desire for revenge or hate mm. or self-pity and that they were felt that they were able to move forward with their lives after having gone through some just horrendous torture and actually forgiving their torturers through the meditations and through stoicism. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it talks about how he would go and meditate when he started to feel off kilter or he would feel sort of plagued by this stuff, the thing that he was meditating on, you could see that being the focal point for these people who are prisoners of war, because that thing was what? It was that everything happens for a reason. All these hardships that I'm going through are one, part of a greater good, and two, a function of my own view of of these events, right? If your house burns down, for example, that could be a terrible thing. That's your perception. Or it could be, wow, I got to get rid of a bunch, you know, I don't have to clean the garage anymore. And now I can cash my insurance check. It's all about that perception. And you can see how somebody who feels so helpless in a prison camp needs some kind of thing to hold on to, or you're just going to kind of go nuts and die. And these tenets of stoicism, which allow for the extinguishment or evaporation away of these sort of negative emotions and really leaning more toward this sort of calm, rational mind can allow for these circumstances, which are not sort of ideal, to persist and you not go nuts in them. I think we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us tomorrow where we take up another one of my selections, influenced by Robert Cialdini, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.